Hello and welcome to the SEO SAS podcast where your host is Sarah McDowell, SEO content executive at Holland and Barrett. Why are we called SEO SAS? Well, we like to think of ourselves as the special answering service when it comes to SEO. So we love nothing more than each week delving into a specific topic and discussing it, answering questions, inviting guests to um, talk about their own experiences, to give their knowledge on the topic. So basically, the idea here is that together, we can all get better at SEO. Now, you may have noticed that our introduction was missing someone. And yes, Hannah Bryce is no longer co-hosting SEO SAS. Now, um, there has been no drama. There's been no fallout. So put your popcorn away. Um, it's basically just um, Hannah has other commitments and sometimes you have to, well, you always have to prioritize having that work-life balance and making sure that like your mental health is 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 prioritized basically. Um, so, so yeah, so Hannah will no longer be on the SEO SAS podcast. I'm sure I'll be able to twist her arm so she can join me as a guest in future. Um, but for the foreseeable future or just for now, it will just be myself and I'll be inviting guests on to talk to me. Um, but yes, so SEO SAS is as the saying goes, the show will go on and I will still bring you weekly podcasts. So uh, this week we have a an amazing guest and I'm very excited to welcome to the podcast Miracle Inamati Archibong. Um, to talk to us today about maximizing your site's crawl efficiency and why it's important. Good morning, Miracle. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for joining us. How How is this Sunday? It's still morning, isn't it? Yeah. How is <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Sun is shining. You know, it's a rarity, and I'm thinking after this, I have to go for a walk. Let's see how I feel when we finish. <laughs> Is that something you try and do then? A, a daily walk, get out uh, of the house? Oh, yeah. I, I used to when we were in lockdown in the summer, and now it's like a weekly walk. It's more like <laughs> stay in the warmth. Stay I, in the warmth. Yeah, I'm a very much stay in the warmth kind of person. I'm always cold. So. Well, uh, we've got some exciting news. Because, well, it depends, isn't it? Because uh, Boris, good old Boris Johnson, or how, like some people like to call him Bojo, don't they? Um, he's announcing his roadmap to ease coming out of lockdown on Monday. So, yeah, crossed, I'm, I'm, I'm counting down. I was, I was like, oh, I don't care what, what they announced. But then I was listening to the radio and they said, if the kids are going back to school on the 8th of March, that will be like, eight days before they go back to school and I'm literally pulling my hair out with excitement oh, but I don't want to get too excited in case, in case it doesn't happen but yeah I mean bottom line is we want everyone to be safe but if they can go back to school oh my god what am I thinking? <laughs> I'm guessing it's one of those scenarios uh, where you absolutely adore your children but at the same time like well, absolutely. having them back at school would help <laughs> absolutely in quote. <laughs> 
absolutely incorrect. <laughs> right now, I'm not sure I adore them or they adore oh, yeah, true. I, <laughs> I adore them best when they're sleeping. That's the best time. <laughs> I'm loving the honesty. Loving the honesty. Uh, um, yeah. Awesome. Right. So I'm going to kick this episode off with a fun, quick fire round. Are you ready? Yes, bring it on. Okay, so just clear that mind and just answer with whatever first answer comes into your head. I'm guessing that there was a better way of me saying that. But anyway, moving along. Uh, can you whistle? Oh. Say <laughs> <laughs> <So> no. <laughs> I love how you tried. Uh, weird food combination you love so for example um chips and milkshake oh weird food i'm i'm very boring when it comes to food yeah i just like rice and i'll pretty much eat rice every day of the week forever with with anything so yeah i have you experimented and put something in with the rice that's a bit out there uh no not really you know, okay. Not really. <laughs> I will eat dough. I will eat, which will, yeah, for anyone who doesn't like spicy food, I will eat white rice with just salt and chopped fresh scotch bonnet. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, I can eat that for breakfast easily, I think. Now, my next question, I'm very excited because you tried my first one. So you, you might try to do this one. I don't know. Uh, can you do a cartwheel? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Maybe back in 99 when I was like 50 kg lighter. <laughs> Say um, a word in a foreign language. Oh, Messere. And what what what, what that, is that? that what in that my mean? traditional language that means good morning. And my husband's oh. gonna say I've modded it, but that's the best I can <laughs> uh, are you good at DIY? Oh terrible, terrible. I was telling you we're about to move house. So we're moving from a new build into like a nineteen forties build. <laughs> and we're the most on DIY people possible. Like absolutely, so it's it's going to be chaos, Sarah. If you see me like melting down on Twitter and looking for a divorce lawyer, no, it's because of this. <laughs> it's because of this mammoth project that we've crazily embarked on. I am not the <laughs> DIY. Yeah, I couldn't knock two nails together, which is why I was telling you before we start recording the podcast that taking down the trampoline seemed like it was going to be the end of the world. So yeah, no. Not good at DIY. Um, favorite word? Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know if it is this a word. I guess there are things that can't translate from like the African languages into like English words. So there are they're not really words. They're just like um, things, sounds that change the meaning of words. Okay, like now. If 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 I say good morning to you, it just means good morning. If I say good morning, or it means something totally different, you know. So it's all of those, it's all of those ex- ways of like playing with sound that just changed 
languages. I love that. Yeah, it's like saying, like someone would say, ah, did you see this person? Like, hmm, that person. Hmm. In- instantly, <laughs> like if I'm if if I'm speaking to a Nigerian, instantly that sound, hmm, they instantly know that that person has done something wrong, or there's some like malicious gossip coming out. <laughs> so it's not really a word. It just sounds like that. They're just sort of changes, you know. So the during mean. the podcast, if if I if you make a uh, sound like that, I know that I've <laughs> um, Are you an alarm snoozer? Do you snooze your alarm? Oh God, terribly! I'm I'm a terrible procrastinator. Terrible, terrible. I've learned this because you know, having myself analysed, I've learned this because I like to postpone negative emotion so it's not like I'm lazy so if I have to do something that I'm scared of I will delay it for as long as possible but not just by lying down I will put every other task in front of me <laughs> well you're still being um active then I suppose well yeah so yeah well actually okay this leads me on to my on to my next question quite nicely uh, something that you have been putting off for a while oh well i did i did the yesterday so i i, I took down the trampoline with there we go. yeah so that that was something i've been putting off for a while for there a while you go. <laughs> uh name something that bounces a trampoline like that <laughs> where did you think this was going to go <laughs> Like when I put these questions together, I didn't, I didn't think trampoline would be so consistent, but it fits, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, useless skill that you have, you're not allowed to say trampolining. That is not allowed. Useless. Oh. Huh. I don't know. What is these? I don't know if any skill is useless. I, I can't. This is a bit of a weird question, isn't it? How, okay. What is a uh, a bit of a different skill that you have like or okay what skill have you sort of noticed that you have during the pandemic oh I noticed I could bake which was yeah, <laughs> well, it's not a useless skill but it, it it's yeah I was quite shocked that I could I could bake so well I've yeah. changed I've changed the question it's not a useless skill it's a, yeah. a new skill that you've come across there I realized I could be a teacher which is uh <laughs> A baker and a teacher. Yeah. All the homeschooling I've done. I should get some, <laughs> <laughs> some money paid to me. And I should get a teacher's gift. I shouldn't have to give the teachers any. I know they're doing a wonderful job. But yeah. Um, wonderful. Well, that is that was my last quick fire question. And you did. Yes, I feel like myself and our listeners will know you a little bit better now. Um, so let's dive into the meaty part of this podcast. Um, so can you give us a brief overview of yourself and how you became head of SEO at, oh, I should have asked um, it's like, all right. the right way of pronouncing <laughs> the agency. I'm going to go with erudite. So it's erudite. And erudite, it just means like strong, consistent. I don't know, a lot of people always think it's like a French word or a foreign word, but it's actually English, so it's quite it it amuses me when people don't get it right because no one ever does, and I'm like, it's English. (laughs) 
people. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. So yeah, I I sort of fell into SEO. I did um, a master's program in digital media, and then I did an internship. Started with PPC, found it a bit samey, and then you know started seeing what the SEO team was doing. I was really interested in how that changed. How I think I like going on the I don't know, like I like the investigative part of SEO, and I like going on a hunt. So that yeah. sort of self interested me because we we not not taking anything from PPC. It was just like you do this, you do that. It was a bit formal like for me, but with SEO, everything was different, and how you could spend hours researching things and stuff like that sort of really interested me. Along with like why do people shop you know like why are people doing this how can I understand that and provide like a better service for them so I sort of stuck with SEO and that just became my life and I've worked agency side 10 years plus now and yeah and Ah. yeah I was in London for a long stretch of that time and we decided to move out of London and so it was just by pure you know coincidence because I was like I would love to find an agency that is in Basingstoke where I live that is close by and everything and yeah and I found Eridot and it's been it's been brilliant ever since it was so well my it was like 13 minutes drive from my house I used to commute two and a half hours into London so it was like the perfect fit and everyone there is like brilliant and I work with Nicholas Dot and she is absolutely amazing she is so intelligent like and so fierce like yeah it's it's been it's been good Ah, awesome. Um, I do love asking the question about how people get into SEO because it's never really been a plan for people. Um, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even know SEO was a thing. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I, because I sort of fell into SEO as well because I graduated from uni and I was, um, I'd just been traveling. I came back broke, no money. I was like, right, I need a job. And I was told like, if you get a reception role somewhere, then you can like work your way up. And that's a good way to get yourself into a job or a career. And it just so happened that that was at an agency, a digital marketing agency the reception role had already been filled, but they wanted to build the SEO team and they wanted to take people on with no prior experience. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I got into it. And it's just so interesting talking to other people about how they've ended up. And, yeah, it's just, I just find it fascinating, everyone's different stories. Um, so can you, so obviously at the beginning of this podcast I said that um, we were going to be talking about your website's crawl efficiency and why it's important so let's begin with the basics so um, can you explain to us what website crawl efficiency is so basically it's just getting search engines to crawl your site well and helping them find the most relevant and useful content as quick as possible and that's just what it, it is yeah so a bit like I love that that's a like it sounds like a very technical thing but that explanation was really like clear and yeah that's really easy to get your head around I think um so why is it important then in SEO so I think really if your site is not over like 1 million URLs you shouldn't really be 
getting sleepless nights about crawl efficiency and or crawl budget because everyone talks about it in terms of crawl budget. However, even if you're a small site, you should be thinking about like if your site is not being efficiently crawled, it might be a symptom of larger problems like the way you're handling content and the way your your structures <clears throat> the way your URL structure is or if you're creating URLs without even knowing about them. So that's something to investigate. If you're a larger site, you want to make sure that Google can find your most important content quickly. You want to make sure that when you put out new content, you know, search engines can find it re really fast and get it, you know, crawl it, get it indexed. And that's why, you know, you should be maximizing crawl efficiency so that you can get the most relevant content out there as quick as possible. So you you said a term um, that I'm familiar with, but some people might not have heard before. So you said about a cool budget. Um, what 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 do you mean when you say cool budget? So cool budget is like it's a ratio of you know what URLs Google wants to crawl on your website and what they actually can and what limits they set for that particular website because. Okay. It is expensive to crawl a website. I mean, they're sending all the spots out there and they can't, the web is such a massive place. They can't spend the whole time trying to access your website if, if your server keeps going down and things like that. So they have to, to give every site like a cut of limit to say, okay, we can only crawl, you know, 6,000 euros a day or, or whatever that limit is. And if they come to your website and then they spend all of that crawling like, parameter URLs or filter URLs that are just showing the same content over and over again, then you're wasting that crawl budget. You're wasting that time limit that they have set for your website. So I don't know if this is, if I don't know if you can answer this question because um, Google likes to keep a lot of things to themselves, don't they? Um, but is it, um, so would, do all websites have the same budget or does it depend on the size of the website or does it depend on what the website is and how important Google deems it? Yeah, so it, it just depends on what kind of website, how frequently the content changes. So okay. for, for news websites, Google will pretty much go every day because it knows that, you know, especially if something is happening, it knows that content will change fast. It knows that there will be fresh content to index every day. If you're selling a static product that you introduce once and then nothing really changes, then it wouldn't go. So Google crawls your content and understands what your website is supposed to do with content. And you can help facilitate this. So you can you can put in your XML sitemap, you know, this content is updated X, Y, Z or in your structured data you know last updated xyz and then that can that can improve the frequency at which google comes back to your site however don't try to game this don't do this if the content isn't changing or if you just change the page title because i mean the the algorithm is very good at figuring this kind of thing out and then yeah they'll just not come again so only use it if it's useful yeah, so if you had a website and you, I don't know, say you updated your blog um, and you created new content once a week, um, you don't really need to tell Google about that, do you? It's more so like if you're like a new site and the amount of content that you're t churning out, um, it's so, yeah, um, and like you say, um, one of the, and this is where you kind of get into the grey hat, black hat sort of territory. If you if you're trying to game Google, because um, that's not what you want to do, is it? 
Um, so you said earlier that if you have a small website, um, that crawl efficiency shouldn't give you sleepless nights. So, um, is it something that smaller websites shouldn't really care about, or is it is it not a case of that and more? Because with SEO, there's so much that you can be doing. Um, so is it about prioritizing other tasks, or is there things that small websites should be doing from a crawl efficiency standpoint? So I would say prioritize other other SEO tasks. That would be <clears throat> my advice. However, sometimes oh, I like this. There's a however, guys. <laughs> I use however just to, to replace it depends the dreaded. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs How? to put together um, uh, other synonyms that you can use for it depends because that, that's the go-to <laughs> saying, isn't it? Well, actually, it depends. Yeah. So yeah. However, if you're if you're crawling your site and you're finding like all this dynamic content, you're finding URLs that you didn't know exist. It can be a symptom of other like why the problems on your site on how you are handling content and if you're planning to grow and expand it's just better to set a route in place and handle things now so that you can keep track of what's happening on your site so whilst it's not something to be massively worried about if you're a small site it should be something that you are thinking about like being a good citizen of the web knowing that it costs google money to crawl and just try and tidy things up because it also makes you more efficient in finding your content like if if you're trying to crawl your site as well you don't want to be waiting you know three hours to crawl a site knowing that the only valid url they're just 100 valid urls however because of the loops or the dynamic content or the filtering you're just waiting to crawl, you know, 5,000 pages just to filter it all and delete them after the crawl has ended. So these are things that you should be thinking about, even though Google probably can still crawl all of those things and process it properly. Another thing as well is like a a crawl trap. So I've I've seen a small website that normally, you know, crawl efficiency shouldn't be a problem. However, the way the um, content management system handled like broken link was to appendix you know, also appendix the whole website URL on it and then paginate it. It was so weird. So these are things that just happen and people, they didn't know it was happening or why. And I was crawling this site for days. It just kept going on a loop. So it would find page one and then go to page two and page three. And those URLs didn't exist anywhere on the website. So it's things like that that you know that, well, spiders can get trapped there just going on the loop and just, just abandon the site. So that's where, yeah. And I suppose it's all about, actually, there's two things. There's um, something that I want to pick out that you said um, that I think is really good. And it's about being a good citizen of the web. I've never heard, that's the first time I've heard that. And I really like that. And I think that's important. Um, But also, it's about no matter if you're a small, medium or big website, um, you want to have a good technical foundation, don't you? Um, because yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen with your website. And yeah. As a website ages, like pages and pages get redundant, new pages get added. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you have a technically solid structure and foundation, and you're thinking about these things, you are going to be a good citizen of the web, and Google hopefully will um, yeah will will like your website and um, yeah. So I think that's important, isn't it? Um, awesome. Okay. So uh, what's the biggest misconception when it comes to website crawl efficiency? I think one of the biggest misconceptions is how much your 
page load speed affects crawl budget. Oh, this and is interesting. It's yeah. The, so the, there are two aspects of it. There's, there is the technical aspect of optimizing your site and the content, but sometimes if your page loads quickly and Google can crawl your site quickly, then it will be crawling the entire site regardless of you know how many pages you have, bar you know spider traps and all those unnecessary filtering because Google has like there's a time limit and Google also wants to be a good bot and so if your page isn't loading faster it can be symptomatic of like your server your server can't handle that amount of crawls and so if Google is trying to crawl your site and get a lot of five or three errors or you seem that the server's slowing down it will abandon that crawl so one of the things that to look at is can my server handle the amount of crawls that needs to be made on this side. And another thing is that people also forget that it's not just about, you know, valid URLs that you can see. All the resources on your page contribute to whatever the count towards the URL. So all your JavaScript files, you see all of it counts. And so if you don't set an efficient like caching policy, Google has to download that resource every single time it goes to a different page, especially if it's in the template. And all of those things build up. So all of those things build up. So people just think about it in terms of, well, these are the relevant URLs, but no, they're the resources. There are other things that impact in there. So if your server can handle as much as Google throws it, you know, and handle it efficiently, then most of the time you will see that Google is crawling your site, you know, at a higher rate. Would you say that was, that's one of the issues. So obviously WordPress, um, that's like massively um, a used CMS system and um, yeah, and they sort of, um, so how WordPress sort of works is like with templates and stuff. But the thing with templates yeah. is that, um, like you say, um, every time Google loads your website, it has to download everything within like your CSS styling or mm-hmm. your functions, everything within that template. And you might ne- you might not necessarily be using everything, might you? So yeah. do you think that's a problematic area there with um, WordPress and sites? Oh, like we, we, we see it all the time. All, and this is why things yeah. like headless have become a thing where you can just pull what you like in a CMS and not load all the other resources. And, and, a good, I would say the good thing about this is that most sites that are using like templated WordPress will be smaller sites. If you're yes. having to produce 1 million URLs, then come on, come on. It, it's time for you to customize. <laughs> you have no one to blame but yourself, isn't it? If you're, if you're using a templated WordPress website to produce 1 million URLs, I mean, come on. Yeah, come so, on. Perhaps yeah. have some words with yourself. <laughs> Um, I think you've already given us one way um, because I'm going to now ask about um, if you could give us three ways to improve crawl efficiency and I think you've already said one with like making sure that your server can handle requests from Google Um, how about two other ways that you can sort of improve efficiency yeah so fix all of those erroneous URLs that are not useful so your parameter urls any kind of filtering in place that just you know goes on forever any kind of dynamic generated content pages make sure that you are again this is not a blanket speech review you know for filtered urls there there might be some that have you know high demand people 
searching for specific colors of trainers that are so popular or stuff like that. So this is not a blanket rule, but then review and block where you can crawl in from the robot.txt file, anything that's not important. And a word of caution as well, if you're blocking something at a page level with like a meta no index tag, you need yeah. to make sure that you don't block it from being crawled. If not, Google would, will not see that tag. So you can use things like Google Search Console parameter handling. I think this is just on the old Search Console to say, okay, you know, any, any parameters with X, Y, Z just let Google decide or don't even bother crawling it. So there, there are ways thinking on the page and then fixing any duplicate content issues. Do you really need to create, you know, red dress, blue dress? And again, yeah. I'm saying <clears throat> this is not a blanket statement because I know red dress is a popular keyword. But then looking at, you know, what are you targeting? And if you're cannibalizing the authority of your site by creating multiple pages that would be better suited, you know, consolidated into one. Yes, and I suppose it's about prioritizing uh, what keywords and what you want to be found for and sort of looking at your your pages to see, okay, which ones are important? Which ones do I want? Do you know what I mean? Like you say, and I think that's across the board. Whenever it comes, whenever it comes to SEO, whatever um, the advice or guidance is, it's not like a one size fits all. Yeah. You, you have to sort of do it on a case by case basis and you have to look at your website and you have to do. And like you said earlier, one of the reasons you like SEO is the being able to put your Sherlock Holmes hat on and do some investigating. Um, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? So um, yeah. doing some research into your website and, and stuff. Um. Okay, three errors that cause issues with call efficiency. I don't know if that's sort of like kind of overlapping, but I don't know if you've got yeah, any so, different ones. <laughs> so it, I guess it, it's overlapping in a way because you have the, the parameters, you have the dynamic generated content, filters, yeah. redirect, the, the, the normal, the normal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the normal offenders especially <laughs> on, on e-commerce sites yeah, those are those are the normal offenders spider traps are usually things that are people don't know that they're, they're happening generated by some error in the cms that needs to be investigated yes yeah, so things like that yes awesome um okay so i can't believe like time is flying flying by i'm thoroughly enjoying discussing this with you i feel like my, i'm making my brain be a sponge to sort of take it all in um so what tools um do you use to do all your investigatory if that's a word work and yeah how do you check site code efficiency so what sort of tools and stuff are you using oh first things first is always log files if you can get your hand on that on those pexy pexy you know, those log files and then use like a good crowd crawler to, to, you know, chunk everything down and analyze and see where Google is going, how often they're going there, what URLs would your resources would you expect them to be crawling that they're not crawling or you don't want them to and they're still crawling. You know, what 404 errors are they getting? Are they visiting those space? So log files are always the, 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 way, is the way to go to see, you know, that's the only information you have on how Google is actually crawling your site and you can just spy on what they're doing, what bots they're sending to your site. Another thing is the Google Search Console Crawl Efficiency Report. Like you can look at it as a benchmark onto, okay, are we creating this amount of content every week and what do we expect to see indexed and how 
often does Google say they're coming to a site and what are they crawling? And then you can have like rough calculations. And, and that's just for trending to see if when you make improvement, does that go up or down and, and things like that, yeah. So why is it hard to get your hands on log files? Uh, because this is something that you have to give to your developers and ask them to you know, download and send to you. And these are massive files. And sometimes it's just the way the CMS has been set up. Has it been set up to you know, record and save log files? Has it not been? Are you using Shopify that, you know, is really hard to get, you know, virtually possible to, although they have said they're making modifications now where you can get your hands on log files? Or is it set up because, you know, they want to clear space on the server so they delete it you know every week or something like that so that's why it's not just something that you on your own can just i can go here and here and get my log files you need to request it well i need to because i'm you know agency side we always need to request this and it just depends it's out of your control and anything that's out of your control or hasn't been set up in that way which is why every time we do like a a digital transformation project where we are involved right from the start in selecting CML. One of the things we say we must be able to save log files, we must be able to you know download them easily. Uh, awesome. Okay, are you ready for this week's feature? Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> so there is a tenuous link here. So. Because we've been talking about crawling, I've got a creepy crawlies quiz for you. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. So how do you know your insects? I'm terrible, but, well, we'll, we'll find out how bad I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie then. Right. So first question. Fruit flies were the first living creatures to be A, sent into space, or B, examined under a telescope. Examined under a telescope? You'll be surprised to know, Miracle, that it is sent into space. Oh, come on. There's no fruits in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one blows my mind. Uh, dragonflies have been on the earth for A, 250 billion years, B, 300 million years, or C, 150 million years. Did I say billion or million for the first one? Billion. I meant million. I do apologise. Okay, <laughs> I'll go for the largest one because you say it blows your mind. Is it? 300 million years. Yeah. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Imagine, 100 million years, that's crazy. Okay, a bee's wings beats how many times a second? 190, 250 or 80? Oh, I'll go for 250. They're fast. They're really fast things. You're wrong, unfortunately. Oh! Uh... It was 190. Okay, caterpillars. Do you know, do you know your caterpillars? Um, how many eyes do they have? Do they have A, 12, B, 8, C, 19? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't even guess. Eight? <laughs> 12. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. True or false? Uh, I love the name of this uh, bug. So, an ant-eating assassin bug 
piles its victims onto its body to scare predators. Is that true or false? Ants. An ant-eating assassin bug. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't even know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like. I just can (laughs) picture an ant and how tiny is it? It is like trying to carry... (laughs) (laughs) So it piles its victims on its body to scare predators. Do we reckon that's true or false? It depends. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I can't take that answer. Okay, true. True. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> last last question. How many have you got right and wrong? Um, I've only gotten um, one right, I think. Right, you need to get this right, and then you've got it half, fifty percent right. Okay. Um, what part of the body do butterflies use to taste? This is not a multiple choice. You're gonna have to give me the answer for this one. Oh God. <laughs> Their tongue. <laughs> Come on, you can do better than that. It's not their dog. <laughs> Hold on, I'll, I'll Google it. Why would <laughs> there is no cheating in an SEOSES quiz? Oh my god, I'll stick to my danger. Thank you. I I don't know. I I I can see the thing that comes out of their mouth, like in a tiny thing tweaking. I can see a butterfly or a flower, like sucking nectar, but I can't. <laughs> For some reason, ant- antelope or anti something keeps popping into my head, but I, yeah, okay, I don't know. I'm sorry. Well, the answer I was looking for there was their feet. Their feet? Oh, I'm they, so, so way off. I couldn't, yeah, no, okay. <laughs> they taste with their feet. <clears throat> also, uh, right, so you got, let me do my counting, one, you got two out of six right. Uh, just to remind everyone, I do SEO, not... not. <laughs> you don't do SEO for insects, that's not no. your speciality. It's not my speciality. <laughs> well, Miracle, oh. that brings us to an end of another SEO SAS podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have, thank you. It's been lovely being on. And thank you very much for giving your precious time to me and joining me as well. If people want to um, see what you're doing, things that you post, anything um, that you're talking about, how can they do that? Where can they find you? Easiest way is to find me on Twitter, which is Mira underscore Inam, or you can find me on LinkedIn, or my website is just my name, full name. Awesome. I will, in the show notes, I will link to where they can find you. Um, I will say if you want to get in touch with the podcast, we are on Twitter. So just find us SEO underscore SAS. I'm personally on Twitter as well, Sarah MCD UK. Also on LinkedIn, Sarah McDowell. We have an email address. So if you want to say hi, it's hello at seosaspodcast.com. And then the only other thing that I'd say is uh, please do subscribe to us if you haven't yet. Uh, Because that helps us and also you get notifications of when new episodes are ready for your earrolls. So, yes, um, I think that's it. And the only thing left for us to do is say goodbye, Miracle. Oh, bye. And thank you for having me once again. It was was good fun. (laughs) Good. Glad to hear it. Until next time.